Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, you can see by the, the slide that's up there that we're um, continuing with this focus on holy habits, and this is the second of uh, four Sundays that we're going to be looking at this topic. Um, but we're not going to come back to it again now until um, the end of October and the start of November. So last week and this week, and then there's a bit of a break, and then a couple more weeks later on. I've been thinking about the fact that uh, we live in a world that expects everything now to be instant, and we have instant communication, we have instant shopping, we have instant answers. Um, I'm frequently amazed by how often I Google things just on my phone, just because something comes up, you know, what was the name of that movie or um, something, and now we just Google it, whereas once upon a time, we'd sort of maybe not think of it, and then, you know, the answer would come in the middle of the night as our brains kept processing and, and that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm wondering sometimes, actually, if that's going to mean that our memories are not going to be as good as they could have been, but um, we expect everything to be done straight, aw- straight away. Um, But last week, we read God's words um, to Moses about what things would be like when the Israelites entered the promised land. And uh, God said that they would actually take over the land little by little, that it wasn't going to all happen straight away or instantly. And that that's a principle that we see uh, often throughout Scripture, that a lot of things happen little by little. And we've experienced a lot of that, I think, too, in our lives. And that passage in Exodus that I put up last week um, doesn't just say that it will be little by little, but it also gives a reason why um, the conquest will be little by little. And I think if we apply that, why other things in our lives are often little by little. So I'm just going to return to that um, verse, if I can get the clicker to work, which it doesn't seem to be doing. Um, So Ian, if you don't mind just um, clicking onto the next one, that would be great. So this was um, the verses, the passage that we, we just touched on last week, which is where Moses is on Mount Sinai, and God is giving him a lot of instructions, including the Ten, Ten Commandments, and he talks about the conquest of the Promised Land and the Israelites going in there, and he says, I will send my hornet ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive the Hivites, Canaanites and Hittites out of your way. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. So the opposition that the Israelites are going to face in the land isn't actually the problem because God's going before them anyway. Uh, He's going to deal with that. But taking full possession um, is more about um, the Israelites themselves. And either at that time they weren't numerous enough or they simply weren't strong enough to hold and work the land if they took it all at once. And so this was really, it seems to me, about them becoming stronger little by little so that they could fully enjoy the promise and the blessing that God had in store for them in the promised land. And I think it's probably not too hard to see how we can apply that um, when we look at this topic of building holy habits um, or personal spiritual disciplines in our own lives, that um, we actually need to grow and and get a little bit stronger little by little in order to fully enter into all that God has in store for us one day. Uh, Last week I began with um, this question which was posed by Stephen Covey in his book, 
the seven habits of highly effective... Oops, we've gone too many. There we, no, way too many. Um, seven habits of highly effective people. And the question was, what one thing could you do, something you aren't doing now, that if you did it on a regular basis would make a tremendous positive difference in your personal life? And I wonder if that question for some of us was that um, I could pray more. I know it says something you aren't doing now, but you know, I wonder how often we sort of think to ourselves, I really should pray more. And I don't know if any Christian um, that I've ever met thinks that they pray enough. Um, it's one of those things that I think um, as Christians we can sort of have it always hanging around with us. Of, oh, I should have prayed about that or I needed to pray about that or I didn't pray much or I should pray more and how do I do that and, and that sort of thing. So today's focus is actually going to be on the habit of prayer and um, I'm not, again, like last week, I'm not really going to be speaking about, um, you know, providing an exposition on what prayer is or what are all the commands in scripture to pray. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about the, the practice of prayer and um, how we can actually help ourselves to make it happen in our lives as well. And a couple of things that I'm going to touch on today really come from, I suppose, um, issues or problems that I've experienced myself and um, just some, some ways that, that maybe will be helpful um, moving forward in that, in that respect. And the main one that I'm really going to be talking about today is the issue of praying um, specifically because um, I think it's a challenge for all of us really to um, pray in a way that we're being specific with God about what it is we want to say to him, about him, um, and, and the requests that we want to make as well. Uh, it's, it's easier to pray, I think, when we pray generally and repetitively, um, but oftentimes I think we don't feel or experience the power of prayer uh, when we do that. So I, I've found that that's a constant challenge in my life is being able to pray specifically and particularly for prayers that um, things that I've been praying about for a really long time I seem to just keep falling into the same sort of phrases and the same things. And while I don't think for a moment God doesn't hear and doesn't answer those prayers, um, it's good to pray specifically. And, and I think that God has provided help for us in doing that. So I'm just going to look at this um, verse for a moment, which is from Matthew um, 20, really just as a way of supporting what I'm saying about the need to pray specifically. And um, it's from... Uh, as I mentioned, Matthew 20. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them, What do you want me to do for you? He asked, Lord, they answered, we want our sight, not we want to our sight, we want our sight, that's my typo there. Um, it's a reminder that, you know, we know or we read elsewhere in scripture that God already knows our needs before we ask him. So it's not that Jesus didn't realise they were blind. Um, obviously, he could see that they were blind. Um, and I, I'm sure that it wasn't a great leap to realise that if they're asking for mercy, that they're actually saying, can you have mercy on us and, and restore our sight? Um, but he wanted them to say it. He wanted them to express that to him specifically. And 
I think for me that's about God wanting to hear from our hearts um, and it's, it's very easy for us to pray, you know, Lord, help me. Lord, have mercy on me. Um, Lord, can you, can you sort this out without really getting into the specifics? So I want to talk today about really just one thing um, mainly that I think is really helpful in uh, enabling us to pray specifically, and that is, of course, um, using scripture to pray. And I know that um, many people here do that, um, and we probably will never have enough years to actually use all of scripture to do that either. But so much of it can be used in a way to help us um, pray specifically. And the, the way I want to look at it today is really about using it as a framework. Um, so not just praying scripture to God, but using it as a model or a guide to, um, to, to pray specifically. In my Monday to Friday life, I'm a teacher, and um, one of the things that I strike and come across quite often is when students have to write a response to something, and often it might be an essay, something like that, that they've got to write, and the task just seems overwhelming to them because they might know what they want to say, but actually being able to put that down in detail is a real struggle for them. And so what we usually do is um, we give them what we call a scaffold or a structure, might even give them a template that steps things out so that students can actually just follow each step of the process and hey presto, they've ended up with a whole essay um, just by focusing on one step at a time and doing one little bit, the next little bit, the next little bit, etc. and it steps them through. And um, I think that uh, much of scripture can be used in the same way to provide a model for us and a structure. And the obvious one um, is, of course, um, the Lord's Prayer, which Abby read to us just before very beautifully. Abby, thank you. Um, and this, of course, was given to us as a framework because the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, would you teach us to pray? And then he did. And so I'm just going to take a, a few moments to um, have a look at the sequence that we get in the Lord's Prayer. Um, it does, of course, start with our Father, which is not going to be on the slide that I've put up. Um, but, of course, we're talking really here about individual prayer this morning, but the Our Father is really important at the start of the Lord's Prayer because it is a reminder to us that we are actually not all independent and individuals, even though our society might like to tell us otherwise. It's not all about um, me. Um, or you, uh, we are part of the body of Christ and um, he's our father, he's our corporate joint father and of course we're also part of that body with Christ um, as well because he's, he's, he's Jesus' father as well. So the our father is very important and I just wanted to make that point before I move on to the other parts that we have. I really love the fact that this model begins with the um, threefold focus on God um, hallowed be your name, um, your kingdom come and your will be done. Because I think, for me anyway, that really helps me to focus, first of all, on trying to get my thoughts off myself, um, which I think is always a challenge, uh, and actually directing them quite intentionally onto God before any, any other prayer comes or any other request. Um, the second part, of course, is, is our daily bread, where we pray for our daily bread. And I, I think it's constantly reassuring to us that God is the God of today. And regardless of yesterday and regardless of tomorrow, he wants us to focus in our prayers on the day and its needs. And we know that he's willing to supply whatever is needed for the day. 
Um, and if we use this sort of framework, I think, of the Lord's Prayer in our daily, in our daily time with God, then um, it enables us to also think about what's coming that day and to um, hopefully be a bit specific about bringing that before him. Number three up there on the slide is um, forgiveness, where we, we, of course, pray that we'll be forgiven for our sins uh, and that he will help us to forgive others for their sins as well. And I think I've spoken before quite a long time ago up here about the fact that I, I used to find that sequence very strange in the Lord's Prayer. I used to always think that shouldn't we be praying for forgiveness and getting clean before God before we start asking for things that we want for that day or, or for whenever and it always seemed weird to me that we would be asking God for things before we're saying, hey, but by the way, I've done this. And I need to confess that. And I think, you know, um, over the last few years, it's, it's, it, it seems really obvious to me now why it's in the order in which it's in. Because it is God's wisdom there. And what I like about this sequence is the fact that I'm reminded that God's gracious provision comes to me regardless of what I've done. His provision for my daily bread is not dependent on me confessing sins or doing some sort of penance. Um, he actually provides all I need before I say I'm sorry. And the second part, I think, too, you know, about um, forgiving others as well, of course, works beautifully there, doesn't it? Because it's also that reminder to us then that God has provided everything graciously to us and will provide for all of our needs. Um, we can confess our sin before him, but he's also going to provide for us the wherewithal to forgive others. And in knowing that we've been forgiven, we can, we can then, um, with his help, forgive those who have offended us. So I think the sequence is actually a really powerful sequence personally that I can bring my immediate concerns and, um, and needs before him even before, even before I can confess and repent of sin. The next part of the, the model prayer that um, Jesus has given us, I seem to have forgotten on the slide. Oh, no, there it is. Number four is deliverance. Lead us not into temptation. Um, I'm not going to go into the, the temptation bit today. Um, and I know there's, there's lots of great sermons out there and there are um, books as well that go into this and is it temptation, is it trials and, and um, why would God lead us into... You know, there's, there's, there's whole, whole studies and, and lots, of, um, lots of stuff we could get into there. But I'm not really going to look at that so much as the fact that that part of the prayer is really a prayer for deliverance, deliver us from evil. And um, it's, a, it's a good and a powerful reminder, I think, that we need that deliverance, um, that we are operating in a, in a spiritual as well as a physical realm. And so we need that protection from the evil that is so prevalent. At the end of the Lord's Prayer, we usually add a bit, um, a bit that's not actually in the earliest manuscripts, um, although there is some evidence that it was used fairly broadly in, in some of the early church. Um, I don't think the bit hurts, personally, um, and, and I quite like the fact um, that it's, it sort of bookends the prayer. We started with a threefold um, reminder of God's authority, and we end with a threefold reminder of God's authority if we tack that bit on at the end. And remember that just at the start, as we were talking about his name, his kingdom and his will, then at the end we, re we return to thinking about him and his kingdom and his power 
and his glory. So I think it's a nice um, bookend to that if we're using that as a framework. So I, I think the Lord's Prayer, um, personally, I actually use it as a, I, I start my daily time with God with the Lord's Prayer every day, um, not with the exact words, but, but as a way of sort of entering in. But I think it's also a great model um, that we can use uh really for our whole meeting time with God, where we can move through those phases. It's a great structure for that too. But I think it's also a really wonderful framework just for a really brief prayer. It could be a few sentences long where we actually still go through those steps if there's some particular need or issue um, or fear or whatever it might be that we need to bring before God because it it does help us to um, just be that little bit more specific, I think. So I thought this morning I would just touch on a couple of other parts of scripture as well that can be used as frameworks for prayer and, and two that I use a lot personally um, because they're not necessarily you know ones that Jesus said, oh, here you go, here's how you pray. But I think it, you know the more that we can pray using scripture in this way, the more we realize that probably the whole of scripture can be used in this way. Um, so the first one that I use a lot um, is... Uh, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And it's simple. It's an easy verse to remember. Um, I think it gets quoted a lot, this verse, and I don't think that's any coincidence given that it's got the word anxious in it. Um, And we can summarise it, and you've probably heard it as I have summarised as uh, be anxious for nothing but prayerful for everything. Um, And so this too can provide us with a nice little um, framework where we can, I think, and and I use it in this way too, Bring when when you're feeling worried, come to God and say, this is what I'm worried about. So start with the anxiety. What is it that I'm worried or I'm anxious about? And then the next part is um, to come before God in prayer and, and petition with thanksgiving. But it does say present requests to God. So I think... The word petition and the word requests, I think both of them together remind me that I need to actually specifically say to God what it is I'm asking him to do in that situation that I'm worried about. So it's tempting, again, to say, Lord, I'm really really anxious about this situation or I'm really worried about whatever it is. Um, Would you please help me? But that help is a bit like, um, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. you know, I wonder sometimes if God's saying to me, well, okay, I'll help you. What, what sort of help would you like? What is it that you want me to do in this situation? So that the requests that we bring before him, I think just that word reminds me to be specific. specific. Well, if I'm worried about this, actually, this is what I'd, I'd really like. This is the outcome I'd love, um, you know, but, um, you know, this might, this might be a way forward or something like that. So um, we can bring those specific requests And then the other word that I think is really key there is the the word thanksgiving. And I guess we can can see that in a couple of ways. And um, it's that when we come to God in prayer, we come with grateful hearts. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, But it's also that I think in, in bringing our anxiety and our requests to him, we can then also thank him that we know that he has heard us, we know that he's answered us, and that he will do what is um, what is best um, and work all things for good for us if we love him. 
So that's a really useful one. I've actually used this one a fair bit um, when I've had friends who are going for job interviews because I find that a really useful little framework even for something as practical as that, that I know they're anxious and nervous about um, all sorts of situations in that environment. Um, and then what's the prayer? What's the request? Well, maybe that they'll be calm. Maybe that um, they will have a connection with the person interviewing them. Maybe that they will be able to remember what it is that they wanted to present and what they wanted to say. Um, that they won't forget things in the, in the um, stress of the moment. And that if that is where God would have them be, then that, that opportunity will open up before them and they'll be offered that position. And we can thank God that no matter what he's going to do, what's best even if that means them not getting that job or whatever it might be. So even in a really practical sort of example like that, I think this is a really effective framework um, for prayer that we have. And I love the fact that the following verse then tells us what the outcome of that is. And the outcome is God's peace. And um, if we've really presented our anxiety to him and been specific about it and asked uh, whatever it is we're requesting and being, ab being able to thank him and, and rest in the fact that his will um, is best anyway, then I think we do experience that peace um, that guards our hearts and our minds. And it's a precious thing that's given to us by God, the God of peace. All right, I'm going to just talk about one more um, that's become a bit of a, um, a go-to for me in the last few years. And I guess really the scripture that we use most of the time in prayer is the scripture that we know. Um, and later in, um, uh, I, think it's in, I think it's the first weekend of November, the, last, the fourth of these um, talks, I'm going to talk a bit about then about meditation on scripture. And part of that, we'll, we'll come into that, is a bit about memorization. But certainly when we memorize scripture, then it's easier to use in prayer. And um, so the next one that I'd like to offer is one that I use because I know it and I find it really helpful. And it's from a psalm and it's from Psalm 103. It's the first few verses of that psalm and it's one that will be a very well-known psalm, I'm sure, to many people. Uh, at the start of that psalm, uh, David says, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. I'm putting this one up there today to offer it as a really, really great um, little way of praying for people. And even though um, I suppose, you know, in a sense it's written for believers um, because it's saying that God has forgiven our sins and, and all the rest of it, um, I find this a really useful one um, for praying for, all, for lots of people who um, I pray for in my life, uh, particularly, I guess, when there are specific needs that I know of and... I find this a useful one too for people when I'm praying for people for healing uh, because that's uh, quite clearly evident there too. What I really like about this one as a framework is, um, again, it starts with God and his glory, but it also then moves on to um, looking at our spiritual needs before it looks at our physical needs or the needs of the person we might be praying for. When it says who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases, if I'm praying for somebody, um, then it's that nice reminder to pray for them on a spiritual level first. 
If they don't know Jesus, then I can pray that they will know Jesus, that they will be um, able to come to salvation and faith in him, but then also pray for the healing that's needed for whatever it is that might be ailing them. And that next bit about redeeming um, their lives from the pit um, is quite a good bit too, I think, because even though it's also got that concept of redemption in there and the spiritual uh, element there again, uh, it's a reminder too that we are in pits of all sorts all the time and some people we pray for might be in pits of maybe us ourselves sometimes too, pits of um, addictions or um, other problems that seem to be um, you know, insurmountable issues that we can't get out of, maybe situations that we need to get out of, maybe relationships that we need to um, be rescued from. And it's that um, lovely little reminder there to pray for that. And I love the, the second part of that verse there, who crowns you with love and compassion because our God doesn't just rescue and redeem, but he then replaces you know, so much with his goodness and his grace. And in this case, we can be redeemed from the pit and then crowned with love and compassion. Um, so it's a beautiful prayer. The last bit about satisfying desires with good things is another really powerful prayer, I think, um, to pray for people or for a, if we're praying this through for somebody in particular, um, that, yeah, that their desires will be satisfied with good things. And we've just been singing about the goodness of God and our, our good God. Um, he is a God who will satisfy with good things. The last line is an interesting one, so that your youth will be renewed like the eagles. I did last year at some point go and search a bit about why would it be eagles? Why do eagles have their youth renewed? I don't think they actually do. Um, and there's a bit of, you know, a bit of information about um, some sort of, I guess, mythical beliefs and, and things like that about eagles. But um, biologically, I don't think they really renew their youth. But I guess if we use it poetically, um, this, this idea of the eagle, which is, is a bird that we um, have connotations of power and strength, and, and, and really that's the idea here, isn't it, that our youth will be renewed like the eagles, our strength will be renewed in that way. And um, late last year, you know, I, I, was at, um, I was with somebody who I work with, and it was late in the day. Uh, she's also a Christian, and she was unwell. She'd been, she'd just had a few sort of fluey things and she hadn't been able to recover. And I was talking to her, it was late one afternoon, said, how are you doing? And she just said, oh, I'm just sick of this. And I feel like, um, I feel like this is just it now. This is my normal. Um, she's somebody who's sort of around about my age. And, um, and she said, you know, I'm getting older and obviously this is just it now, I'm not going to bounce back and I've just got to accept that this is the age I am and this is how I'm going to feel. <laughs> and so it was full of despair, clearly, and quite a lot of discouragement. And um, anyway, we got talking and I said, you know, had this, yeah, had anybody prayed for her um, because there are people in her life who do? And she said, no, we haven't really got around to it, we've been too busy. Um, and so we ended up just taking a moment to pray together and... I used these, um, these lines from Psalm 103 to pray for her. And that last line was really powerful because what I was hearing in her voice was um, this despair that because of the age she's at, that she just has to accept that her health 
and, and everything is going to be awful from here on in for the rest of her life. And so it was a really powerful line, that one, to get to that, that you know, her, her strength and her youth could be renewed, that she didn't have to accept that this is how it's always going to be for her from here on in. So a really useful little framework. And look, they're the only ones I'm going to offer today because they're the ones that I use the most. Um, but like I said, I think we can probably use pretty much anything um, from Scripture. And the Psalms are particularly rich as um, frameworks that we can use to praise more specifically to God. So, so much of scripture can be used in that way and, um, and just help remind us as well of God's bigger plans and his bigger promises uh, as we use that. A couple of very brief other things I'm just going to touch on today because I guess they're the other things that came to my mind when I was thinking about what are the other, um, the other practical issues that, that I experience um, in prayer or in my prayer life. And one of them um, is the being overwhelmed by how many things need to be prayed about. Uh, and I'm sure that I'm not alone in feeling that sometimes, that um, where do you start and where do you stop? Uh, and so many of us I know keep prayer lists and we use prayer lists and um, I don't know if there's a perfect system out there. I've used books where I've had, you know, every Monday I'm going to pray for these people, every Tuesday I'm going to pray for these ones, that sort of thing. And then, of course, if you can't one day, then you've got double the list the next day or triple the list in a couple of days and then you're so overwhelmed you just don't even know where to begin. And uh, I've used a system where I used to write every individual thing on an individual card and I'd just... You know, um, I might pray for three each day and I'd have them all mixed up so there might, might be a family member and there might be somebody from church and there might be somebody from work. Um, and that, that wasn't too bad, but it kind of went by the wayside. And, and then I'd have lists and uh, all sorts of lists. And I used to struggle with it a lot. And I'm going to say now that as a non-technological person, I have found a prayer app that is kind of the answer to my prayers in this space. Um, so that's something that I don't know if other people have an issue with prayer lists and managing them. At some point I need to find out what some of you do because um, some of you seem to just be all over it. Um, but I found a few years ago I downloaded an app that um, was recommended actually in the, um, in the Queensland Baptist magazine, which I don't think gets printed anymore since COVID. Um, but it, it had a whole article on it and I went, oh, who knew that there were apps out there? <laughs> um, obviously lots of people would have. But anyway, I've found that really helpful in managing lists and it, it then has settings so it can pull things up um, each day for me so that I can make sure that I'm praying across a lot of the different things that I want to be praying for and the people in my life who I want to pray for as well. Um, so that's just a, a little bit of a, an extra bit. And look, the other thing that I think is the third and final issue that I think is uh, an experience that I've had anyway and continue to have always in terms of praying is discouragement. Um, I think it's very easy, uh, particularly given that much of the prayer we engage in is personal and private, it's very easy to get discouraged. My papers are sticking together here. Um, but the antidote to discouragement is encouragement. 
And um, I'm sure we've all experienced that, that as well when somebody, we're talking to somebody and um, there's an answer to prayer that they're telling us about or we're telling them about, how incredibly encouraging that is. And particularly if it's something that we've shared uh, or if we've prayed for them for a particular need and then that answer has come. It's one of the most encouraging things, I think, for prayer and something that really does encourage us to persist in prayer. Um, but that other person isn't always there um, telling us about some amazing answer to prayer. So the other way I think that we can be deeply encouraged um, is to read about prayer, read books about prayer. Um, we've got to watch that we don't just read about prayer and not actually pray uh, because the devil doesn't mind us reading books about prayer if it keeps us from prayer. Uh, but it is really encouraging to read what um, other people write about prayer and I think sometimes that can just be that little bit of a boost or an encouragement that we need as well. I don't really ever pick up a book on prayer and just read a book straight through on prayer. I'll often actually just read a paragraph um, because I, I, I used to find that I'd read the whole book and by the time I got to the end I'd forgotten everything that I'd read, um, couldn't retain it. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Uh, whereas if I just read, you know, if a paragraph is enough to get me thinking about something or a, or a page or something... I stop and, and, and do something with that. Maybe I pray about that. Maybe I try that over the next few weeks and I might, I might not read, you know, get through that book for years if I'm going that slowly. But, um, you know, that can be a great encouragement as well. So I would encourage you to seek out some books on prayer if that's, um, if that's something you need to do as well. And I'm happy to recommend some, but I'm sure a lot of us here could recommend some wonderful books on prayer. So um, I really need to close and it seems to me, I suppose, at the end of all that, that really the practice of prayer is just that, it's practice. Um, and even though it can be a little bit challenging, a lot challenging, uh, little by little we can become a bit stronger in that practice. Like all spiritual disciplines um, though, prayer itself is not the goal. Um, the goal is to build our faith, the goal is to be conformed to Christ the goal is to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So I wonder this week again if there's um, maybe one thing that you could do, uh, that we all could do, um, to strengthen our prayer muscles and to practice the practice of prayer. Um, I've put a few suggestions up there. Maybe you want to actually try one of my frameworks or find your own framework because these ones are mine. Um, but maybe you want to try you know, some scripture and use a framework for a prayer to pray specifically about something or someone. Maybe you need to sort out your prayer lists. That's kind of on my to-do list, you know, every other year. Um, maybe you want to download an app. The one I use is called Prayer Mate. It's from the UK. Um, it's nothing flash, easy to use, obviously, if I'm using it. Um, but I, I know there are lots of others out there, and I'm sure there's people here can recommend some. Um, you might want to read something about prayer this week. Um, and the last idea there is, you know, there, we know that there are also some great books out there that have pre-written prayers in where people have already written out whole prayers that we can use and adapt as well. And um, some written by, you know, Puritan people back hundreds of years ago. But also, you know, the, the, I really quite like um, Stormy O. Martin's books, very commercial. Um, you know, the power of a praying woman, the power of a praying parent, the power of a praying wife the, she's got heaps of them um, but I actually find them really useful as well I think she's got some wonderful wonderful prayers in her books so you know maybe even getting hold of something like that might be something you'd like to 
do this week. So I will leave you with those suggestions um, and I think it's probably only fitting that we close in a word of prayer. So if you would join me, we will pray. Lord, we're conscious that prayer is a mystery. We don't understand it. We don't understand how it works. Uh, But we know that you have called us to prayer so that we can um, be built up in our faith, so that we can have a relationship with you and so that we can be conformed to Christ. And Lord, today we ask that you will lead us forward in prayer, that Lord, we won't remain in some sort of dissatisfied, stagnant place where our prayers are cold or our prayers um, lack your power. But Lord, that you will um, teach us to pray and that you will keep teaching us to pray. We ask that you will um, enable us, Lord, to pray to you uh, from our hearts and to pray specifically. And Lord, this morning I ask that you will encourage each of us in this as well, that little by little we will actually build up those prayer muscles, that we'll be able to look back and see that you have led us and strengthened us um, each step of the way, even if we haven't been aware of it at the time. So Lord, I pray that you will enable us, that you will help us, and that even this week you might help each of us, Lord, to just do one thing, Um, to draw nearer to you in prayer. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.